This is Craig Tucker, Director of the Office of Supportive Services at Syracuse University. The Office of Supportive Services houses two opportunity programs, the Arthur O'Eve Higher Education Opportunity Program and TRIO Student Support Services. On November 8, 2017, the Council for Opportunity in Education and the Center for First-Generation Student Success launched the first-ever first-generation college celebration. November 8th was chosen because it was the anniversary of the signing of the Higher Education Act of 1965. Since 2017, colleges and universities across the country hold events to celebrate those who are first in their families to pursue a four-year degree. Syracuse University's National First-Gen College Celebration is sponsored by the Kessler Scholars Program, ATOP, TRIO SSS, New Student and Family Programs, and SU Libraries. One of the ways we're celebrating first-gen day is by gathering first-generation college students from across Syracuse University to hear their perspectives and learn from their experiences. Anthony Hernandez is part of the Kessler Scholars Program. The Kessler Scholars Program is a cohort-based program that provides an exceptional group of Syracuse University students who are the first in their families to go to college with four years of support. The program is distinct in that it provides comprehensive support through wraparound, multi-tiered services to ensure student success from the moment they enroll to after graduation. The program is a part of a national collaborative of 16 institutions who are rethinking how to support first-generation college students as they navigate higher education. Students who join the Kessler Scholars Program are a part of this powerful network of first-generation leaders connected across multi-institutions throughout their undergraduate college experience and beyond. Genesis Alvarez is a computer science major in the College of Engineering and Computer Science. She is part of the Arthur O'Eve Higher Education Opportunity Program, otherwise known as HEOP. HEOP was established by the New York State Legislature in 1969 to provide access to independent colleges and universities for underrepresented students from New York State. The goal is to improve the retention and graduation of eligible students by assisting with academic, finances, career development, and much more. Mauricio Luna is a policy studies major in the Maxwell School of Citizenship and Public Affairs. He is part of Student Support Services, otherwise known as SSS. SSS is a federally funded TRIO program that supports first-generation college students. The program offers mentoring, tutoring, and counseling to improve skills and increase the rate of enrollment and degree completion. Samantha Vallejos is a political science major in the Maxwell School of Citizenship and Public Affairs who came to Syracuse University from Colorado. Samantha is a non-program student who finds community with HOP and SSS students and staff and holds a leadership position in one of the HOP SSS student organizations. And finally, Raul Rosique Jr. is a first-generation college student as well as a student veteran at Syracuse. Raul completed five years in the Navy before transferring to SU's exercise science program in the pre-physical therapy track. Anthony, Genesis, Mauricio, Samantha, and Raul were joined by HUP academic counselor Amy Friars, who was also a proud first-generation college graduate. Together, they covered a range of topics regarding the first-gen college experience. Take a listen.
My name is Amy Fryers. I am one of the counselors in the Office of Supportive Services, which houses both AGOP, the Arthur Weave Higher Education Opportunity Program, and SSS, which is a uh, Student Support Services, which is a federal TRIO program. And we're here today to talk about being a first-generation college student. So around the table, we have a number of students, and I'll start to my right. Hi, I'm Mauricio. I'm a junior, and I'm a policy studies major in the Maxwell School. Hello, I am Raul Rosica. I go by Rudy. I'm a senior. My major is health and exercise science on the pre-physical therapy track. Um, hello, I'm Genesis Alvarez. I'm a computer science major in the engineering school, and I'm a junior. Uh, I'm Samantha Viajos. I'm a sophomore right now, and I am um, political science and pre-law. Hello, my name is Anthony Hernandez, and I'm a computer engineering major. Uh, first question we have, uh, share a story about an experience that made you aware that you were a first-generation college student. I think that this question is interesting because, like, it says what made you aware that you were a first-gen student. Because you would think, you know, coming here, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm a first-gen student. But for me personally, I didn't really realize that I was a first-gen student or, like, the caveats that come with it until I was a sophomore. And unfortunately, I had to take a leave of absence. And when I took my leave of absence, that's when I realized, like, I guess, like, the pieces in the puzzle started fitting because I'm an engineering student. All my friends are engineers. But when I was a freshman, they were coming in with like Calc 2 knowledge already, Calc 3, differential equations, stuff like that. Like they were coming in with prior knowledge about everything. And I was coming in with like I hadn't taken pre-calculus, which is a requirement for the engineering school. So it, it was it was such a difficult experience. Like at that moment when I was a sophomore to realize that the disadvantages I am at because I'm a first gen student and it, I, I don't know why it took me so long to realize that either. No, I think you're completely right. Like, I think until you're in an institution like Syracuse where they put the label on you, yeah. and then it, it puts in your mind, like, wow, I am a first-generation student. Yeah. And then you start seeing the cues that make you that. Like, uh, some of right. the classes since I've been here are like, well, I'm a disadvantage just on a vocabulary standpoint. Like, if your parents are educated, they speak in a higher vernacular. Just yep. generally. Yeah. Yep. And so you pick up as a kid, you the high these high vocabulary words, you pick them up and then you start speaking like that. It just comes natural to you. But if you weren't growing up in an environment, that does not come natural to you. And I think people who grew up in a household full of education, they don't understand the difference. No, they do not. And like really. one thing about that is especially so I, I'm from Brooklyn, New York City. And Obviously, being from the city, a lot, of slang, a lot of slang, a lot of different words used. And so you come to university. I live very dorm here. And I pick up that, voc- that vocabulary. And like I, I start speaking as academic. I go back home. And it's weird because now I'm, I don't really fit in at home as much because now I'm kind of different. And like, I have a different vocabulary. So oftentimes, I have to switch between like vocabularies, like speak as if I um, was home, more casual, more um more slang like then when I come here speaking to professors, instructors, my colleagues and whatnot, my peers has to be a bit different, a bit more academic vocabulary. And so that's a that's a lot different. And I also want to comment on like what you said earlier about that gap. There is a big gap with in terms of education because I feel like when um when I first came here, being being in Calc when I'm engineering student as well, there is a big gap. There are people who here who said, told me, oh, I took Calc 1 already. Oh, I took Calc already. Oh, I didn't, I already know all this. And like, they're just breezing through it like nothing. And I mean, like, I have to go to AEW, which is a, a, an extra program you can do for um, just a, we learn what you learn in class and just go over it in more in depth. But I have to go to AEW. You have to go to um, 
recitation, I have to go to office hours and put a lot work a lot harder than my other peers because there is that gap. And then when I go home or I can't really go to family because they have no idea what limits are. They don't know what, you know, <laughs> the rate of changes. They, they can't they can't answer these questions because they, they don't know. They haven't been there. They haven't done that. They haven't gone to college. So I feel like it's definitely something you have in college that if you haven't been, you probably won't know. And so I don't have anywhere else to turn to except for what what's on campus, what's av- available to me. And so I think that's one thing that really makes you, see, makes you feel the impact of, oh, yeah, I'm the first generation because... I don't have an uncle, dad, a mom, a grandpa I can go to who, oh yeah, I know, who are professors who are in the industry to ask these questions because there's no, because no one has gone through it yet. I'm the first one. And so if I have kids, my kid would turn to me and I thank God I'm coming so that I can answer his questions, hopefully. And kind of going into what Anthony said, a thing that made me realize that I was like a first gen student, and I'm sure it probably happened with people here too was kind of filling out like the common application or FAFSA yes. or like registration, yeah. like things like uh, these. It's a, like, it's tough to navigate it and to like fill it out. Cause usually you like ask your parents or ask a family member, like, Hey, could you help me fill this form out or fill this out? But it was also like the first time for my parents, like seeing these forms or like yeah. learning about registration or move in days or stuff like that. So it was kind of like, it was confusing for me uh, to kind of fill out these forms. And then it was, I also noticed that it was like something that was confusing to my parents since it was also like their first time seeing this too. So that for me kind of like made me realize I was like a first gen student. Yeah, I was going to say like my awareness comes through like a lot of little things building up from when I applied to when I got accepted to when I like declared that I was coming here and everything. And my story and like my struggles don't come from a lack of support from my family. Just like limited support. Like they did what they could, but it's just like a big step for everyone involved. I think it's really important to highlight that it's not lack, it's limited because yeah. it's not like they can or won't, but it's because they they just can't because they literally haven't gone to college. Yeah, they just don't know how. Exactly. And I want to uh, turn back to your point that like you have to, some of your two people when you go back home. Yeah. Yes. And it almost yeah. like makes you think, and you probably don't tell your friends out loud this, but like, man, like you guys are capable of a better raw group the same. Yeah. I'm doing it. You guys could do it. Man. Yeah. We just have to work twice or three times as hard. We have to go to tutoring. Yeah. When our friends don't have to go to tutoring. Yeah. And it just it takes more time, but it's possible. It's mm-hmm. still America. It's still possible. I feel but. like also being like a first-gen student, I kind of, I want to say like an obsession, but I built this like idea of just like degrees, degrees, degrees. I want to get my master's. I want to go to law school. I want to get like all these degrees that it's almost like I'm making up or something. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I can totally relate to that. So um, I'm a little bit older than you guys. So my story goes back to the 90s when I was in college. Um, but I felt the same exact things that that all of you were talking about, exactly the same. I remember calling home and saying, you know, I was like in tears and my mom was like, what is wrong with you? You don't react this way. And I said, I'm so stressed out. I have to practice. I have to write papers. I have to study. I have to go to tutoring. And I don't even know where my advisor is. And I've been looking for her and I don't know how to find her. And my mom goes, so just ask somebody. I don't understand what the problem is. And I'm like, you don't understand me. You know, so it's everything you guys are saying, like resonating, being like two different people. That, I feel like that has happened forever for first gens, you know, that was, guys, that was a long time ago that I was in college. Like, and I can still, it's really interesting to me that so many years later, first gens are still dealing with the same things. Also, one big thing that's like kind of a sign that you're a first generation is that um, the money, money-wise, yes. a lot of people, they go out and hang out, 
one big thing I've noticed is that uh, so on Syracuse campus, Greek life was a thing. We have fraternities and sororities. One thing I noticed is if you've a lot of people who come here have a family who've been here been here longer, who have kind of a generational attendance thing here, and so they know some of the facts, they know some of like the the presidents, vice presidents, and so it's a lot easier to get into those and to like be involved versus you coming here and you don't know nobody. No one knows your family, your your last name, who you are, and so you have to build that up from the ground from nothing. That's a lot harder and more significant, uh, significantly harder. And then also the money thing. You see a lot of families out here who have, who most families, like their sons and daughters, fathers, parents have all gone to college and they all have probably good good jobs, stable financially. And so on the weekends, they go to dinner, restaurants, hang out and all that. I'm like, that's eh, a bit pricey. I can't really afford that dinner. Yeah. Uh, how about we go to Domino's? Domino's is a lot better, but you know, it's like, it's a bit hard sometimes. And sometimes it's also really hard to ask can you cover for me this time? Can you cover my yeah. tech? Oh, yeah. That's that's a very big thing that I have because, be honest, I am very prideful. And having to ask that of my friend of mine, oh, when I when I'm out to my friend, I can't go out because I can't afford it. To be honest, He's like, oh, I got you. I'm like, thank you, but I just feel a bit kind of weird about that because it's kind of a pride thing having someone else pay for you. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not really charity, but that's how it feels like sometimes. And I think as like a first generation student and also just like a minority student on campus who does like receive financial aid, it's not, I didn't like come into this like planning to do this, but I kind of found myself like surrounding myself with people who like resonate with me, with other minority students, with other students that are in um, different programs and with other first gens. And I think that it makes it easier to connect with people, kind of just build off what you said, because we're almost like all understanding of that same thing. Those unspoken things yeah. that you don't have to actually talk about because you already know right. what someone else, you know, you're first gen, oh, me too, right? It's like, that's yeah. all you have to say. You know, I think, yeah, you hit something on the point there is like uh, a lot of minorities are first gen mm-hmm. and there's something like all this like inclusive talk on campus. I never really thought about that. Like, oh, like minorities are different. We had like, uh, we started off in a, you know, here's the first floor. We started like 10 feet under the right. floor. I never even thought about that. And then so I got here. I was like, man, maybe I did have a hard time. Maybe I, I am more likely to work harder than being here. We're hearing all of this, like, talk about it. Put that in my head. Wow, I have worked yeah. hard. It made me realize how far I've been. I still have a lot to go. But it's pretty insane. Yeah, and it's kind of interesting to see, like, again, how it just builds off and, like, not in a stereotypical manner, but just, like, an observance is, like, the students on campus who are first gens, who are minorities, who are like receiving extra financial aid support, they all kind of fall under the same umbrella. And I think it's really cool that we're able to connect with each other and like meet with each other. Like Amy said, to have those like unspoken friendships and those unspoken bonds because it brings us closer together and motivates us to be like, we can do this like as a whole and as an individual. And I think it helps too with even that that sense of imposter syndrome. Like, do I really belong here? I'm not the same as everybody everybody yeah. else, right? I know right. people listening can't see my little air quotes that I'm doing <laughs> here, but right, I'm not the same as everybody yeah. else. So I feel like that helps us, you know, it helps us get through that, you know. Speaking yeah. of the imposter syndrome, I've always like to think that I'm very self-aware. I, I want to affect me. I'm different, blah, 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 blah. But it, it did. It Recently it did because like being in my classes, like this kid raised his hand and asked a question, right? And the professor would be like, oh, I see what you mean. That's a very good question. And I ask a question, oh, why is two plus two four? It's like, it, it feels like a, a, a less valued question than it compared to the other students. And like hearing that, it's like, mm, 
that that really makes it feel that way. Yeah. yeah. It definitely does. I feel like I almost I'm not embarrassed as a question, but like, man, that my question is not gonna be nowhere near as sophisticated right. as that question. Yeah, exactly. You're like, damn, how do they know this? <laughs> yeah. right. The word sophisticated, yeah, exactly. And uh something that you just said right now, like uh, about being an imposter, there's another uh, Hispanic first gen on on campus here. And um, we were talking about how we felt when we first got our application letter. And I was like, man, I was like, very shocked. You know, something I worked hard for or whatever. He was like, man, my first words were like, I can't believe there's a white school accepted me. And I was like, wow, you're right. Like, it is pretty crazy. But this is a predominant, like, uh, you know, a Caucasian PWI. school. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think PWI. I considered that factor when I like came here. Like, I, I knew that it was predominantly white, but I didn't I didn't really understand how that would affect me. And I, I think now I feel like I've, uh, well, I don't want to say I've made a mistake, but... I guess that's the word I'll use. I feel like I've made a mistake because all my friends that surround me are like, they're predominantly white. Most of them are white. They don't like, they don't receive any financial aid, any of that. And like, there's certain things that have happened during the course of me being in Syracuse that like, they don't understand my struggles. And it's like, it's so difficult to like explain my struggles. Like that's, I feel like I'm like the token, like a uh, person of color in the group. Right. Cause I have to like explain certain things to them. And it's, it's just, it's so exhausting to having to do that. Like constantly, because it's not it's not like I go to them to like, uh, you know, I need help with something. Please help me. I can't do that. The things I have to do is explain why do I need help and stuff like that. So, like, I don't really have an outlet of like help in my friend group, which is like, I don't know. It's it's very disappointing. That's why I say I, I feel like I made a mistake by making so many friends that are just like predominantly white and like they don't understand the struggle of being first generation. I think this kind of conversation like naturally veered into the second question which is what do you want other know others to know about being a first generation? And I think I would say to just know that you belong there. You got accepted for a reason. You're here for a reason and you belong here. And like that is something that my mom stressed to me so much because I struggled with imposter syndrome even like through high school. I always would like make a joke like, I don't think I'm as smart as people really think I am. And so it's just no, like be confident and know that you belong where you were and like you got accepted with everyone else. I also want to say one thing, this is a bit kind of a back step, but also kind of ties into what we just talked about is um, growing up a lot different. Like I know a lot of people from my high school who dropped out or who aren't going to college or just working off the bat. And that's really interesting because being in that environment, it's very not exactly college inspiring. Yeah. I wasn't exactly inspired to come to college or exactly veered on a path to go to college there was a lot of crossroads a lot of left and right turns and to be honest my high school years weren't my best and to be honest before Syracuse I was gonna do the military but that's one thing too is that a lot of people my people in like similar circumstances to do the military other things because college is very it's very daunting very expensive and it's very hard I think one big step in terms of like closing the gap is making it more accessible I don't know how but it's making it more accessible in one way or another. I know one of the reasons why the military is, I think, is because they do pay for college here and there. Now, I'm not saying you're the military, but that's, I think, that's why that those options are so uh, attractive, is because they help you pay for college and help you go through college. And I think, like, somehow making that more accessible for com- uh, different families is like, a thing to do, something important. You're right. It's unfortunate um, that in lower, underprivileged communities, that it's almost like a way out. Uh, to be successful, like you go to the military first, yeah. and at my high school, there's always a bunch of military uh, recruiters. But there's a there was a high school like 30 minutes away that was a private high school, and there's no military. They were not allowed on campus, yeah, because they wanted them all to go to college. And at the time, I was like, that's super dumb. Why, why wouldn't they let them? 
And now I realize, like, yeah, because they want them to just go straight, like, it's like not educated. A, for some people, it's a necessary step, and for them, it's not. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's one big thing that is a necessary step because there's no way you can find you can finance finance yourself through college without taking a absurd an absurd amount of loans and having those loans to um to buy you in the butt later on. Being a first gen student and having parents that haven't like been to college before, I think it's it's very difficult. It was like a very difficult step to go to college and like break that news to my parents. My parents were very angry I was going to college. They were very angry. And especially that I was going so far away. I think that, that was, at first that was the main reason why they were angry. But I, my my dad has come to like understand like you know college is like the best thing for you. My mom has not. My mom is is very against me going to college. She thinks that college is a waste of time and I should be working to like pay the bills of my family. Because, like, my family are very extremely poor. My, both my parents are disabled. Both of them are unemployed. So, like, they're, like, or my mom, rather, is, like, you need to be here and be paying the bills for us. Like, that is your job. College is a waste of time. Or work while you're in college. And it's, like, I'm computer science. I, I already failed, like, a whole semester of classes because I tried to work during college. That did not turn out for me. So, I don't know. It's, it's very, very difficult having parents that don't understand, like, what it's like to go to college. Because, like, originally I thought, oh, college is just, like, another, like, high school. Just, like, you learn, like, deeper topics. No, college is very hard. Yeah. Especially being an engineer. It's very, very, very hard. Yeah. <laughs> I think one thing I want to say about that is that environment is that college, in a way, is kind of a gamble. Because um, one big thing is, you don't have a lot of family who are college graduates, who don't have these jobs, that, who aren't financially stable. Sending your uh, child, which is basically your investment, away. It's kind of a gamble because that doesn't turn out turn out well. You lost one, two, three, however many years of one potential income and two of years you invested into that child. Because yeah, they're a child, but it's also an investment. And then it, it's for for these families, it's also kind of a big gamble as well. Because I know for me personally, personally, that's why I always say this phrase that I can't afford to fail. Because if I yeah. fail. There's not much I'm going back to aside from working and help help my mom pay the bills, and then hopefully if I have kid, th- there's my family's chance again to gamble again and gamble for college. Another thing is like, um, we like almost literally can't afford to fail. Like some people yeah. kind of just blow through classes and it is what it is. But like, I can't afford to retake classes because there's a limit of credits that's covered by financial aid, and there's a limit of years and time. Like. We literally cannot afford to fail. Yeah. And yeah. that that pressure. Yes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, that's a lot of pressure. I know I felt it. I feel it in talking to my students on a regular very, basis. It can be very discouraging. Like, if you like, yeah. you did a, kind of bad in a quiz or yeah. you're kind of, you, you can tell you're like lacking behind certain subjects and concepts. It can get very daunting, overwhelming. Sometimes you almost want to cry because it's like, wow, if I fail, what am I going to do is work for the rest of my life? Mm-hmm. I don't, so I don't want to you- work too I'm dead. Right, right. So, what do you do to combat that when that happens? I mean, I know what I do with my students, but what do you what do you guys personally do? It's interesting. It's, um, yeah. okay. um, well, I'm using the gym analogy. I go to the gym a lot, and um, when sometimes when you're doing reps, reps are like how many times you lift the weight. Sometimes you'll know that there's like kind of a limit, and like you'll be halfway up, and then you can't go up anymore, and then. What I do is I just hold it and keep pushing, keep trying to lift it. And eventually you, you'll do that last lift and you got it. I think that kind of translates into this conversation because it's like you're at that limit where you feel like you can't do it. It's overwhelming, but you just got to, like, this is, might be problematic, but toughen up and just work through because you can. And like, 
just work through it and push through it. Because like the, once you get past that kind of wall, that ceiling, you are good for however long until you get hit the next ceiling and go go through that. And I feel like one big thing is keep pushing through it and remembering, oh, this is a gamble. It, it, the big thing for me is that it's a gamble. And so it's like we're running a race, you're tired, it's second place, but you can get first place. You have a boost, just run it and just go crazy before it ends, before the race is over and try to get first place, like kind of like that. I think for me, like one of the things that I do to kind of deal with this pressure of being like a first like generation college student is kind of like think back about like, well, when I have like a quiz or when like there's a lot of pressure going on, like I kind of think back about like all the hard work that I've like take like that it's taken me to like get here and like everything that I've done to like kind of get here. And I also like to visualize a lot of like, like when I graduate, like yeah. how it's going to feel like when it pays off yeah. and like your family is there and you're kind of like the first in your family to graduate from college and like how it's going to feel. So it's like, I kind of try to like, like think about like what it's going to be and how it's going to like pay off in the future to kind of like deal with this pressure. And it's like something that I like to do a lot. Yeah. I kind of like do the same thing. Like imagine what, like how is, how it's not going to be like simple, but how life is going to like work out in the end. Once I just finish this, once I do this, because I'm not going to be here forever. Hard work now to relax. Yeah. Persevere, persevere. Yeah. Yeah. I think that me personally, uh, I like to look at, it sounds kind of corny, but I, I like to look at pictures of my parents and I'm like, this is the reason why I'm here, yeah. I'm here to yeah. support them. I think that's like the most inspiring thing and what makes me like get out of bed and be like, let's go to class. Yeah. <laughs> and forever, your family will look back and say, you're the person who created that change. You did yeah. that. You broke In a that way, change. this is breaking that generational curse. Absolutely. Like, are, like if, you, if this gamble pays off, my kids are going to go, to go to college most likely and then their kids and then soon I'll be that family that everyone knows that everyone goes to one college, you know? And it, it's like kind of a generational wealth thing. And even like me personally, just like um, on top of being like a first generation college student, I grew up in like a small town where like you look and like my grandparents didn't even make it to like high school and stuff. So it's just like Almost like those building steps every year, you know, we're going to high school, we're going to college, we're graduating college. Yeah, and sometimes it can be discouraging, though, because sometimes, like, um, I'm in college and I'm thinking, hmm, if I don't succeed, it kind of, I know at least some, at some point, sometime down the line, someone will, but it's kind of, it aches my heart a bit because, like, my my mom didn't succeed, so she had me. Now I'm supposed to succeed, but if I don't succeed, I have to pass that kind of burden to the next person in line, and it kind of keeps going until someone finally makes it and breaks that curse, and then we start building up from there. Because like, um, bit personal history. Sorry, mom, if you don't miss it, <laughs> but um, my mom, she's an immigrant. She came from she came from Peru and all that, and she came for nothing. She came from nothing, and now she built she built up. We have an apartment in New York City, which is crazy. New York City is really expensive. Yeah. I, I I heard I have some friends who have like who have who are in seniors or sophomores who are renting here. I'm like, wow, that rent that cheap for all that? It's really good. I'm like paying almost. We're paying a lot of money for what we have. It's, it's not. It's less. And so it's New York is very expensive, but she was able to thrive, and make a living in New York City. And then she uh, she has, I think, an associate's. But that's the most I think my family, anyone has I've ever gotten because she's the one who kind of persevered. And because of that, now I'm able to go for my four years. Right. And then hopefully, maybe me, but hopefully my children will probably go for their PhD or master's and all that. Uh, I want to touch on something that Anthony said. Um, he was talking about, like, he doesn't really have that opportunity to fail a class. Like, he, he can't yeah. do that. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to speak about HOP because, like, I, of course, I don't want to fail a class, but me being an HOP failing a class is okay. So 
at least within four or five years, I should be able to graduate. No yeah. matter what is the hurdle or like the circumstance, I should be able to graduate. And that's why I'm so thankful for being here under HEOP. Like really thankful. I think programs like HEOP are great programs because I think one important thing about these programs is that they're very forgiving. Yeah. It's like you wouldn't get mad at a child or a baby for breaking something. In a way, we are kind of like babies because we're in a new environment on our own for the first time. We're going to make mistakes. Yeah. But oftentimes, if you make a mistake in college, like junior, sophomore, it kind of screws up your entire plan. And then you can flunk out, you can drop out, and that's it. There's not much forgiveness there. But I feel like you have to treat it, treat it as if you treat a child. You wouldn't get mad and kick a child out of the house for breaking a vase back because they're crawling and hit their head. You know, you know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. it's kind of similar. So I think one important thing that HOP has done wonderfully is the is, is forgiveness. Like, like how much you're willing to put through because no way you're, you're it's kind of like raising a child you're raising a name you're raising a family you're raising a generation uh, and talking about like programs well i'm an sss stu- uh, student and i'm in the program uh what i also really like about these types of programs and these like opportunity programs right um what i really like is that like a lot of the staff are also like first gen so like amy i also i think michelle too mm-hmm. like so it's like it's really great to have like these programs that uh, like the staff kind of understand like uh, what you're going through or like they because they also went through something similar and like being able to surround yourself with staff that are very supportive of like what you want to achieve here in college and they kind of guide you to like make sure your goals are met is also like something great and I think that like that's it's great about like the SSS program and also HEOP and the it's other very inspiring. programs. Yes, yeah. it's very really inspiring. inspiring seeing people who were in your shoes make it successfully and making a living for themselves because it's like, okay, if they done it, I could do it. Yeah. Exactly. I think it's one thing that really we're talking about what gets you through things is that knowing that these people have done it, other people in the past have done, I can do it. Yeah. And that's actually why we do what we do. If you ask every single person in our office, why do you do this? That's the core. That is our similarity. To show others that they can do it too. Right? Yeah, because we did it. And, yeah, exactly. And we'll do it too. Exactly. You know, and we'll be there to support you exactly. along the way. Um, for final thoughts, is just like, um, just like thankful for the like, the programs and the like things that offer support for first generation students, and that like we're luck we're not lucky to be here because we worked hard to be here and we deserve it and like it's like very accomplishable at this point. Uh, final thought is the appreciation to be here, but also I think for like for people and staff, professors, teachers, instructors, and all that. I think one thing that I hope that I wish everyone kind of has in their minds: be a bit forgiving for the students who are who are and who are first generation. Because it's like I was sending an email out, "Hey, professor, can I have an extension, please?" Or this and that. Or like, can I not come? I feel like sometimes like I'm bugging them, and I don't want to be like that but i need that actually help i need the, the freaking yeah. sports because i'm this is my first time doing this This is the first time my family is doing this. So think about think of it like that it's kind of it's pretty it's kind of wild and so i know a lot of these people a lot of these professors and people in faculty and staff sometimes they're used to people knowing what to do because like their parents taught them i don't have that so be a bit more forgiving be a bit more lenient understanding on why i'm being so like maybe annoying or asking a lot of questions because i honestly don't have don't know until now it's my first time having this uh, I think for me, I'm just like very grateful for being here. Um, I think it, like our backgrounds and everything, like everyone that's here on this table, that's a first gen student, like whatever difficulties or whatever like has happened to us in life, we've like overcome all of that to like be here today. And I think that's something like we should all be really proud of. And I don't know, I'm like really grateful for the opportunity programs and everything. Um, so for me, I think in everybody's family, there's always like one person that will change the tide of their family. 
yeah. for, the, for the next generation. And I think this is like for you guys in your respective families, this is it. The people before you, they did a good job, most likely because you're here. But now you can make the rest like a, a great job. Like your kids could be, could be those people we're talking about who have these sophisticated conversations yeah. and, and straight A's and we don't have an issue because of the hard work we're putting in now. Yeah. I think we'll be that person that two generations from now, like, oh man, my great grandma, my great grandfather did this. And now like if I have a business idea, I don't need to go to the bank, I go to them. Yeah. It's like kind of a chance that our families take on us to be here. Like we're that chance to break through and Go up the brackets. So yeah, just live the American dream. Like, exactly. Most yeah. of our, if you're a minority, the odds that your family came here with almost nothing. Exactly. Yeah. And you know they took a chance, and yeah. now we have to, we have to pay the debt. Like I yeah, we, that we have to. Uh, uh, my final thoughts would just more be like a message to the first generation youth that are going to college right now. Is just do your work. Do your work. Go get support. Reach out to your professors. Just don't like. Don't do what your friends are doing that are not first gen. Like, don't go to parties when you shouldn't be doing it. Don't, like, don't do those types of things. Because it's just, like, it's not helpful. I, I just wish someone would have told me that before I came here. So that's why I'm saying it now. And my final thoughts are don't be afraid to ask for help. There's so many first gen professors, staff on campus. We're here to help. All you got to do is reach out and say, can you help me find someone to help me with X? This podcast is brought to you by HOP and SSS's The Census Project. The Census Project encourages self-exploration and community building through podcasting, music, and beat making. You can find out more about The Census Project at SyracuseCensus.com. Through nuanced discussion and dialogue across differences, The Census Project seeks to create a more inclusive community, one podcast at a time. Again, this is Craig Tucker, and we thank you for listening. Thank you.